the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Holly Holdren for AM 860, The Answer. I love that song, don't you? I mean, that's pretty good. For oh, this, this gets you going. It gets you going. Well, this is Dr. Bill, your radio MD with Ken, and we're doing a show this morning, and uh, I had a couple of patients come in for a booster shot, a very nice couple. Uh, really think a lot of them, and they're just so gracious. And uh, they wanted me to do more on the uh, on the virus today, so I'm going to take a little more time for that. And uh, Ken also asked me to talk about the mu. I call it the moo. They're calling it the mo, or is it mo or moo? Which one is it? It's mu. It's the Greek uh, letter for M. M U ah, mu. Sure. Well, yeah, we had Delta and Alpha, so it would be mu. You're absolutely right. Yeah get to omega and get it over with that's a <laughs> Greek alphabet <laughs> you're gonna make me laugh and cough all over everybody <laughs> so what are we gonna start with today want to start with moo mu well we, we got to start with first we have to talk about the breakthrough over in israel the delta virus and it seems to be hitting people uh who have been uh, the, there are people who have been vaccinated the older people are the ones who are having the biggest problem, Ken, because the immunity wanes over time, especially in people over 65. And, you know, I told you that I had had both doses of Pfizer back in December and January. And when I checked my blood levels, they were undetectable for antibodies. So I took the booster, as you know. So immunity from the vaccine dips over time and it dips a lot quicker in us older folks. I'm not that old, really, but. Well, I'll be getting a booster then. You'll be getting a booster as soon as you can. Uh, come to the office and get it. Or maybe I'll, this week, as a matter of fact, yeah. Or maybe you can, if you can organize it. I'll I'll go over to the station one afternoon and bring a, a few vials, and we'll just whack everybody while we're there. <laughs> I'll talk to some folks. See what Roger wants to do in the gang. Yeah, yeah, Roger. And oh, I got to do that. I keep forgetting to call Roger and give him that uh, that little spiel I was going to give him. You guys were wanting from me. Oh before. yeah, about a shot. When you're when you're ready to do the shot thing, let me know. Yeah. Okay. The Delta variant also broke through the the vaccines waning protection. Now we know that the Delta variant uh, is still susceptible to the vaccine or to the antibodies that are made by the vaccine, Ken. But but you got to have high enough levels, and so that's why you need the booster. And uh, you know, initially we started off saying eight months out, get the booster. And now we're saying get the booster. You know, if it's been three months or six months, get a booster, especially if you're over 65 or you have some major problems, which we can talk about in a little bit. And, uh, this is a, this is a problem. This is a big problem. Yeah. I think I'm at six or seven months right now since my first shot. So I'm ready to go. You're ready. Yeah. Okay. And then the next thing is, uh, Israel's high vaccination rate isn't high enough. I thought they were so, like 80%. Yeah, and, you know, we were thinking, oh, you get herd immunity at 70 to 80%. This virus is not, not obeying 
those laws, those regs and rules. It is ripping through because it, it, it keeps uh, morphing, it keeps changing, it, it keeps uh, 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 evolving and to different strains. And now we've got the mu strain, which is, we're not sure yet, but which is or which might be resistant to the vaccine and the antibodies that the vaccine produces. So we've got a problem there and we'll have to keep a close eye on that. It started in South America, and now we know it's in the United States. Vaccinations are key, but they're not enough. Uh, you, you have to wear your mask, and you have to practice social distancing as these new strains come out. And I know it's going to drive everybody crazy, uh, but... Uh, well, yeah, you can imagine how disappointed we all are. <laughs> yeah. But if you get the booster, uh, you'll at least be protected against the Delta variant. Now, I don't think we've seen any deaths uh, from the Delta variant in people who have been fully vaccinated, Ken, but they're getting sick. There's no doubt about it. And I had uh, I had a, a drink with my accountant last night over at the club, and she got the Delta variant, even though she had been uh, injected twice with the Pfizer or the Moderna, I forget which one. But she didn't get sick, though, but she tested positive. Her son got sick with it, and uh, I treated him over the phone, did a telemedicine visit, and I saw him at a party last week, and he was doing really well. So uh, the take-home message is get the booster. Uh, if you are sick, the earlier you get in uh, to see me or to a hospital if you're really sick, uh, the better chance you have of coming through this okay. If you're over 65, uh, it, this is this is a problem. This is a big deal, and you, you've got to take this seriously. We're not kidding around. And I'm, I'm telling you, I just don't get it, but there are people who just will not get vaccinated. I, yeah. I don't know what else we can say to them. There's not much. I mean, you, you can fix ignorance. Uh, you can fix... Uh, lack of understanding, but you cannot fix stupidity and you cannot fix emotions. And people have these preconceptions and these emotions uh, that are just beyond arguing with. You can't argue with them. And they'll tell you, I'm not going to argue with you until they get it. <laughs> then it's too late. You know, then you, And that's really the sad part is it's sitting there waiting for you. It's, it's really a shame, but I don't know what what are we going to do with these folks. I just I guess just keep trying to convince them somehow. Maybe when they see relatives passing away, it's going to be an existential event for 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 a, a lot of people. You know, if we don't if we don't become proactive and do this uh, the right way, and you know, I know that that this is very unconservative and and unrepublican and un. American, but we need the president to declare martial law and mandate vaccinations. I mean, we just got to do it. And we may have to get vaccines every six months, Ken. Would that help if if the rest of the world doesn't do it? What good is it? Won't they continue to bring new strains here? Well, you know, uh, you you can't can't fight that. uh, We can't close off the country, right. Because we've we've got, uh, you know, we've got... all kinds of uh, abilities to to create new vaccines rapidly now with this mRNA. And there's research going on to see what we can do to further the treatment regimens too. You know, we've, we've yes. got, 
we've got good treatment regimens now for those who are sick. Um, not everybody's being saved, though. Not everybody. But the treatment regimens uh, include if you're not too sick, and even now as prophylaxis and people at high risk who've been exposed to the virus, we've got the monoclonal antibody therapy. And uh, <clears throat> people who are at high risk for developing COVID and have a positive and or have a positive COVID-19 test and are not in the hospital, uh, 12 years of age and up, uh, are eligible. Uh, so there's post-exposure prevention for it too. Uh, but now if you do have the virus and you want to get the monoclonal antibody infusion, uh, it should be within 10 days of the onset of symptoms, Ken. It seems like after 10 days, it really doesn't work very well. You say, well, what is a monoclonal antibody therapy? Well, these are antibodies that have been created in the labs, and there's uh, combinations of them that will attack the spike protein of the COVID virus. And once it attaches itself to that spike protein, then it, it inactivates, so to speak. It makes it so that uh, killer T cells and macrophages can eat these things up, makes it harder for the virus to attach to your cells and get in because the uh, antibody blocks the spike protein from attaching. And so there's a number of things that it does. Uh, and uh, it's it's really been a, a wonderful armamentarium, uh, part of my armamentarium and the hospital across the street is where I've been sending people for the IV infusion. Now, the FDA has uh, approved uh, subcutaneous, you know, into the fat for injections at one time. And they're, they're small amounts of, of uh, antibody levels, and they really doesn't hurt that much. And you don't even have to sit there and have an IV for four hours. You get your shot, and then you... Yes? I'm sorry, my cell phone was... <laughs> me thought you, you left get, me there for a second huh <laughs> well I had, I had one of those senior moments you know like <laughs> president did so um, if you can do it i can do it so at any rate <laughs> you get the four shots and we're going to look into this uh to have this at the office it's the same thing as the iv and uh in the old days you know before we had intravenous therapy or out in the country where the doctors didn't have the, uh, the equipment and the ability to give IV therapies, especially the babies who got diarrhea and were dehydrated, uh, we'd just take a you know 50cc syringe and we'd stick it into the fat tissue in their thighs and we'd fill them up. And that was IV therapy. That's called hypodermoclesis. Hypo meaning below dermis, the skin, and clesis injection. So uh, we can do this now with the monoclonal antibody, and it'll be absorbed uh, into your system fairly rapidly. And, uh, you know, you'll get a real good benefit from that if you are symptomatic or if you are at high risk. So who's at high risk? Well, anybody with um, uh, immune problems, first of all, and the elderly, I would think. Yep, 65 years and older, overweight, pregnancy, uh, chronic kidney disease, diabetes, weakened immune system, uh, currently receiving immunosuppressive therapy like prednisone or methotrexate or Imuran or Celsept. These are just some of the drugs that can suppress your immune system. Cancer agents can suppress your immune system. If you have heart disease or high blood pressure, chronic lung disease, asthma, emphysema, COPD, uh, pulmonary fibrosis, sickle cell disease, uh, neurodevelopmental disorders, 
and uh, medically related technological dependency. So if you have a pacemaker or something like that, uh, you're at an increased risk. And so these are these are some of the high risk categories that, that we have to think about when we do uh, uh, begin administering our therapies. Now, these are also the categories of people who need to get vaccinated. Oh my God, and I just, I cannot believe some of the doctors are still telling patients, no, you shouldn't get vaccinated because you got sarcoidosis or you shouldn't get vaccinated because you have an inborn error of metabolism. Are you out of your freaking minds, you guys and gals? Stop it. We've got one doctor here in St. Petersburg who is saying to, he's a family practitioner, and he's saying to his referral sources like his pulmonary guys and his cardiologist, don't you tell my patients to get vaccinated or I won't send you any more patients. I don't believe in the vaccine. This is malpractice. <laughs> how, do we, how do we have any chance of uh, convincing others, if, even if doctors aren't convinced in some cases? It, it's just ridiculous. I just don't get it. And so, uh, you know, if you go in the hospital, we've got now the remdesivir and the baricitinib. Baricitinib, baricitinib is uh, an, an anti-rheumatologic uh, medication for rheumatoid arthritis. So it's an anti-inflammatory, and uh, remdesivir is an antiviral agent. Uh, so these two together have shown a little bit more improvement in in uh, uh, re quicker recovery and uh, a little bit increased uh, survival rate in people who are really sick. So this is something else that we have in our armamentarium. Now we have two first-line drugs we can give in the hospital if you're sick enough to be there. And the, and the, the criteria is if your oxygen saturations drop below a certain level. You say, well, how do I check my oxygen saturations? Well, can you go to the pharmacy and you ask the pharmacist, where are the pulse oximeters? That's pulse, like your pulse on your, on your wrist, mm -hmm. oximeter, oxygen measure. So you can go and get that, and they're pretty cheap now, and they're ubiquitous. And uh, if you're sick, you better check your, your oxygen level. If it drops too low, you know, if it drops below a certain level, I say 94%, then you need to get to the emergency room and see if we can get you admitted and get, get you on some medication. Uh, th this is important. We also have other things we can give you both inpatient and outpatient. Inpatient, the uh, dexamethasone, which is a cortisone, real potent cortisone, this is what was or has been used uh, since the study came out last year from uh, uh, from South Korea. They used dexamethasone and showed improvement in patients with the uh, COVID virus and uh, greater survivability and so on and so forth. Uh, really, you can use any uh, potent steroid. You can use prednisone, prednisolone. And indeed, there is a, a shortage of dexamethasone because it's been used up so much by hospitals and doctors in treating this. So I just go to the prednisone dose pack, and it, it works the same way. They do the exact same thing. And these people that are purists and say, well, the FDA didn't say that. Well, the FDA can kiss my anatomy. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> is that wrong? <laughs> Well, you seem to know what you're talking about. I'm going to go with you, Doc. So, All right. You demand. So we also give you anticoagulants. Now, in the hospital, we can give you the injection of the Lovenox or one of the other Lovenox uh, or heparin-like uh, substances, depending on what your hospital and your pharmacy has. Outpatient, 
and in inpatient, you can use pills too. Outpatient, I'm using the uh, the uh, Zeralto and Eliquis. So when people call me and say I'm sick and I tested positive for COVID, uh, I assess them over the telemedicine. I tell them what to expect. I tell them what I'm going to do, and I send in prescriptions for uh, either dexamethasone or prednisone. I also send in an, an anticoagulant like Eliquis or Zeralto for seven to ten days. Um, we prefer the Eliquis in people with kidney problems because we can dose it down uh, easier. But uh, they both work the same. They're exactly the same, and they work very well uh, to stop the microclotting, which is a big problem, Ken. That's what you know. That's part of what kills you is this this microclots that you form in your in your blood system and your micro uh, circulation and your capillaries, we call them. I was those. I was reading uh, just this week that autopsies on some patients have been showing thousands of those in the lungs, just thousands of them. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a real mess, and this this is uh, helpful and preventative. And uh, you know you want it you want to be proactive here. This is something that you want to be proactive. Now, not all of the monoclonals are uh, are are working. Now, the the one that Lily had, which was the bamlanivimab plus adesivimab, uh, that has the, the FDA has stopped the use of that for now because it wasn't treating the beta and the gamma. So they were worried about it that, and that's been stopped. Uh, but we do have other ones that we can use, and uh, there's there's plenty to go around. Uh, there's tons of this stuff out there. There's tons of vaccines out there, and you got to take care of yourself because you you know what nobody else is. Yeah. Well, so again, Doc, you said early treatment is is the key here. It seems from what you're talking about. What at what stage do I call you? I mean, if I get a headache and a sore throat, is that enough? Yes, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Okay. And you run up to the corner, uh, uh, quick stop or whatever, and you you do a COVID test, get a COVID test, or you can go to the drugstore now, and they've got these home kits, which are about eighty percent to ninety percent accurate if you do it right. Um, but you got to swab your nose three times this way and three times that way, and then you have to put the drops in the little card and stick the swab in there. And it's not that hard, but you know, uh, you got to do it right. So don't be embarrassed that you're going to be wrong. You know, it, people, a lot of people don't want to run to the doctor and then say, "Well, you just got a cold," you know. So, but well, you, just, know, you could listen. You can do this telemedicine. You can call me seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. You can just call and set up an appointment. Say, so, "Well, your your office is closed on the weekends." The answering service will pick up, and you know, you just tell them it's a COVID emergency, and they'll text me and I'll call you. It's not like I, I stop working on the weekends. I'm still going to the hospital. I'm still in the office. In fact, I gave, uh, uh, Friday we were close and I gave two shots, uh, to a really nice couple that, uh, have been seeing me. They come over from Tampa. They've traveled all over the country, listening to lectures and, uh, going to different places. I mean, you know, John Hopkins and Harvard and U- university, San Francisco, and all these places to find out all they can about the COVID virus. They're, they're kind of a unique couple in that they seem to really enjoy this traveling around and they got on their, their mask and everything, and, uh, but they, they seem to love it and good for them. 
And so they came over and got a booster. And then Saturday, three of the nurses from the hospital came over and got a booster. So I'm in the office. I'm doing this every day of the week. I'll be there at the office for a while today. So, I mean, you can call me and I'll meet you there and we'll give you a booster. Or if you haven't had the vaccine and you've decided you want it and you feel more comfortable in a physician's office than you do at, at a pharmacy or a grocery store, give us a call. Come on in. Actually, today works well for me, Doc. Now, people keep saying, well, you've opened up the Moderna and I want the Pfizer. I had the Pfizer. Doesn't matter. They're the same. They are exactly the same mRNA. Now, I had the Johnson Johnson. How's How's that mix in? Well, you, then you need one of the mRNAs for a booster. You'll get more, get more kick out of it if you have the Johnson & Johnson, if you get an mRNA, which are the Pfizer or the Moderna. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more stimulatory of the system. They all basically work the same way once they're inside of the uh, immune cells. But uh, we seem to get a little better kick out of using Johnson & Johnson and then an mRNA vaccine, Moderna or Pfizer. Now, some of the studies show that the Moderna produced higher antibody levels, but uh, the the caveat here is that the the uh, Pfizer you get got your booster shot at three weeks and your Moderna at four weeks. Why did they do it that way? Well, that's how they set up the protocols, and so they had to stick with that initially uh, because the FDA said uh, says if you have a protocol that you. Pr- present to us, submit, and we approve it, then you got to stick to it, or we're going to come and give you a whack. And so these companies have all these big legal departments are saying, look, we don't want to tangle with them. Uh, just go along with them, even if we know that there's a better way to do it, and we'll, we'll let it kind of sift through and let time work some of this out. Now, we know that it's probably going to work better if you get your first mRNA vaccine and then wait Uh, you know, six weeks or eight weeks and then get the second one. But the problem with that is, is that you don't get those that have a level of antibody with just one shot. So um, probably go with the three or four week and then let's get a booster at three to six months. Are we going to have to do this forever? We don't know. We don't know how, I mean, we don't know how how long this epidemic is going to last. We don't know if these uh, moo strains, I call them moo, even though they're mu. Uh, I call them the moo-moo strain. <laughs> we don't know how how damaging this is going to be and how deadly this is going to be. If it can evade all of our current antibody uh, strategies, then we're going to have to devise new ones. So you're going to have to get another vaccine that's a little bit different. Is this going to be part of the regular vaccine shot that we'll all be getting every winter at we any point? We don't know yet. Yeah, We just don't know. And uh, should we be getting that, by the way, this year? The regular well, flu shot. Absolutely. The, because the sickest people are those with, with the flu and the COVID. And we've had a few patients that have had both at the same time back in the winter when the flu's floating around. But the flu got uh, got really cut into. I mean, the, we really stopped the flu epidemic this year because everybody was wearing masks. And the flu, like the COVID, is a respiratory virus. It's spread by coughing and sneezing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we didn't do a lot of that in last year in public. No, no. And if you did, you you probably had your mask on. So yeah. So put the mask so we, back on. I guess I don't know what what to tell people anymore. <laughs> to tell you the truth. 
if you're in an area where where you're around a lot of people and you don't know what their vaccination status is, put on your mask. That's a good rule to follow. <laughs> rule of thumb. And, you know, I'm so anti-mask. I hate those damn things. I know you do. But I've actually been wearing my mask in the hospital. Um, well, I got, I got talked to. I got spanked because I took it off one day. You can't do that. And all the women jumped on me and beat me up, you know, and then. <laughs> The infectious disease nurse stuck me with a needle. Oh, my. It was horrible, Ken, just horrible the way they treat me when I don't behave. Well, put your mask on then, Doc. All right, I'll put it back on. So I got the mask back on, and uh, and we've got the monoclonal antibodies we've talked about. Now, what about testing? The numbers of tests have gone way up, too, from what I understand. Yeah, so what do we need to know about testing? Okay, there's... Three types of tests, basically. There is the molecular test. That's the um, test that detects whether or not there's genetic material of the virus, and that's called a, a, an RNA molecular test. And how that works is we swab you, and if you have the virus, uh, it's uh, the little piece of swab they put into a medium that breaks the virus capsule down so that just the inside of the of the virus the mrna the the, the genetic material uh, is available and then we use a, a method called polymerase chain reaction pcr and that's a way of amplifying and making enough copies that you can actually test with it because uh, if you even if you had a billion viruses you probably wouldn't have enough genetic material to run a test you know these things are so small ken yeah they are so small and so we have to uh, amplify it. So it's like a copier. It's like a biochemical bio, uh, copier. And it makes a whole bunch of copies of this strand of RNA, and then we can test for it. And uh, that's a nasal or a throat swab. And then it takes a few days uh, because doctors and, and even most hospitals don't have that equipment in their office. Is that the most accurate type of test? That's the most accurate for uh, infection that is or virus that is in your system now. Yes, yeah. Now, you can carry the virus in your nose and not be sick like my accountant. So uh, she probably would test positive for the, uh, for the molecular, but that doesn't mean that she's necessarily sick. Now, the antigen test uh, is the test that you can get over the counter now and that they do at the corner uh, quick clinics and in the emergency room and hospitals, and that's a nasal swab. And that tests for one of the uh, one of the proteins on the capsule of the virus. Now, the virus itself, it's, it's a proto-life. Viruses are not actually living things, Ken. They do not have their own ability to reproduce. They don't carry on any biological functions. The only time they do anything is when they enter the cell of a living organism. And uh, so these are these are proto-lives. They're pre-life forms. They have genetic material that can make copies of themselves, but they have to be uh, inside of a host cell, like a parasite, uh, to in order to reproduce and make their own baby viruses. And when they make enough, of course, the cell dies and explodes. And you probably didn't know this, Ken, but do you know that we use viruses now from peppers to uh, detect sewage effluent into bays and surrounding areas to see if somebody is not following the 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 proper 
rules and regulations and laws for separating out sewer waste from rainwater waste. You know, we separated that out in the late 50s, early 60s in the United States. A lot of the world still doesn't do that. And so as the world develops, uh, one of the ways we test for whether or not there's poop in your water is we look for this little virus that infects pepper. Why pepper? Why pepper? Pepper is one of the most ubiquitous foods in the world. Everybody uses pepper. Everybody uses, unless they're allergic to it, everybody eats peppers, green peppers, red peppers, blue peppers, orange peppers. There's peppers in everything. There's peppers in spaghetti sauce. Uh, There's peppers in- I'm starting to see here why we test for peppers. Okay. And, and, we, and we found this little virus that attacks pepper plants. And you say, I didn't know viruses attack plants. They'll attack anything that lives. They'll, anything that's a life form, they'll attack it. And, uh, and so we know that this virus goes right through humans. It doesn't infect us. It doesn't get into our system. We don't break it down in our stomachs. And so, and then we poop it out. And so we can measure the viral load of this pepper virus in the water, like uh, say here in Tampa Bay, if we think somebody's dumping sewage in there, we can go check that out. And if we get a high enough level of these pepper viruses, you're in deep doo-doo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. With that, how about some coffee? What do you think? Huh? Let's grab a cup of joe. <laughs> I'm Dr. Bill. I'll be right back, and uh, hopefully some of this will be helpful. <laughs> With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett says the government's COVID-19 booster vaccination drive will help allow the nation to avoid a full lockdown during the coming Jewish holiday season. Religious and secular Israelis alike mark Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, starting Monday night. Jews will also mark the fast day of Yom Kippur and week-long Sukkot festival over the next few weeks. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken are headed to the Persian Gulf to begin managing a transition to post-Afghan war relationships with traditional allies in the Middle East and beyond who were partners in the failed war against the Taliban and helped in the evacuation as well. And the UAE has announced a major plan to stimulate its economy and liberalize residency for expatriates as the country seeks to overhaul its finances. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser. Doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. 
For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. If 2020 taught us anything, it's you can't predict the future. No daily horoscope or full moon is going to determine your path of success. At National Aviation Academy, you can learn to work on and maintain aircraft in as little as 14 months. Call 800-659-2080 or visit wingmenwanted.com. A fortune cookie can't predict your future, but you can control your destiny. Visit wingmenwanted.com. For more information about our statistics, visit naa.edu slash consumer information. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Today will be partly sunny with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon and a high of 89. Then becoming partly cloudy tonight, low 78. Partly cloudy for our Labor Day Monday with a thunderstorm in the afternoon and a high of 88. Then partly cloudy tomorrow night with a shower in places late, low 79. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. Yeah, I like this, Doc. <laughs> At the end, we'll play some more of it. It's got it's a little even, a little better even as you go into it. It deeper. does, yeah. And I'm Doctor Bill with Ken, and we're back. We're doing a radio show here this morning, and uh, by popular demand, I'm spending most of the show on the on the virus, on the COVID uh, virus, and the the new var- variation, which. Uh, Fauci is all worried about, but, you know, he worries about everything. So we'll see what happens. He'll change but, his mind in three weeks anyway, whatever it is. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy's, what, in his 80s? I'm surprised he's still able to go to work and do what he's doing. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, Biden's not that old, and he can't make it to work every day. Poor thing. He's getting a little confused and getting lost in Connecticut somewhere. <laughs> 
I'm not sure. What are you doing, Joe? <laughs> Riding his bicycle with his wife and falling off. I I guess it does. It's tough being president. It's it, yeah. It really is. Especially when you got Parkinson's and you're a little demented. <laughs> and cameras on you at all times. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and if you fall down like Gerald Ford did, and he was one of our most athletic presidents, yeah. boy, they big to do out of that. So we were talking about the different aspects of this, and, and I want to go over the, the vaccines again, and I want to reassure everybody, these are safe. These are some of the safest vaccines I've seen in my lifetime, and as I've told people over and over, both my parents were doctors, pediatricians, and then my father specialized in allergy and immunology, immunology, this is what this is all about. And I've seen the vaccine roll out for polio when I was a little kid, all the way up through uh, the flu. And, and now this, I got all the vaccines that, that God and man have ever created that you could get, right? Is there, and, a, is there a precedent for a mandate for a vaccine in our history? Um, and where we've done that before? For kids, yes. For kids, uh, Okay. Yeah, for kids, there's a there was a mandate that, and most of the states, if not all the states, have adopted that. Uh, unless you receive certain vaccinations, you can't go to school. You can't go. You can't enroll in a public or a private school, and so everybody has adopted that. Uh, now, some states have uh, exceptions for religious beliefs and, of course, for medical conditions, because there's some vaccines you can't give to kids who are immunocompromised. You can't give a live virus to kids that are immunocompromised. But in the 50s, uh, we all had to go into school on a Sunday. Everybody got a sugar cube with a drop of the Sabin oral polio vaccine on it, and we all took it. And we knew that there would be a small number of people who would not send their kids in. But on Monday, guess what? We all had a little mild case of this weakened polio virus that we coughed all over each other. <laughs> they got it anyway. Yeah, they got it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> This vaccine doesn't work that way. It is not a live, uh, a live uh, COVID virus. The Pfizer, BioNTech, and the Moderna are little pieces of the genetic material of these viruses. And as I said earlier, the virus is not a living organism. It's just genetic material that encodes for more of itself. If it can get into a cell, whether it's a pepper cell or a Billy Handelman cell, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if it if it can attach and get in, it'll manipulate our genetics. It doesn't care if you're Democrat or Republican. It just No, it doesn't. Although we were we were kinda hoping it would go after the <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. No, that's not Doc. No, it's not that's, right. that's we're not just joking. It's just a joke. <laughs> so the Pfizer and the Moderna are both they're they're the identical mRNA. In fact, all these vaccines are based on the messenger RNA snippet that was uh, extracted by the team at the Jenner Institute and uh, at Oxford in London. The uh, Jenner was the guy that introduced smallpox. Edward Jenner. He wrote. He didn't actually introduce it. He just formalized it. He wrote the first paper on it in the late 1780s or somewhere back in there. And so, uh, even though the vaccine had been in use for in England for 60, 70 years, and in other parts of the world for hundreds of years, he was the first to introduce it formally into Western medicine and present it to the, uh, you know, the scientific community in, in England and then around the world, of course. So 
that's where it was developed or actually isolated and snipped out. And then they made tons of copies and they licensed them out to AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and Moderna and all these companies. And then the, the companies came up with ways to package this thing and present it to our immune cells. So the Pfizer and the Moderna are the same. They, they're just wrapped in little different fatty molecules and the, the formula changes a little bit from one to the other. Uh, but once they get in your cell, inside your immune cells, the cell unwraps it. It takes that little fatty covering off of the messenger RNA and then the messenger RNA is put to work, laid down on a ribosome, which is the factory where proteins are made. And this RNA encodes for the spike protein, the little thing that sticks off of the COVID virus. And that's the thing that attaches to your cell and gets inside it and helps get get the virus inside your cell. So that's what we want to attack. And so then our immune system starts making antibodies to to the uh, to the uh, um, spike protein, and and that's how it works. And it's a, it's a really unique and fascinating uh, new technology that is unbelievably safe. Ken, there's been so so few adverse reactions, much less than with the flu, and certainly much less with some of the other live vaccines that we've used. It's a new technique that I hear bothers a lot of people and why they're not getting it. But I don't understand that because we used to build cars one at a time until we put them on an assembly line and speeded the whole process up. Uh, Manufacturing everywhere is a, a, a process that continues and improves as it goes along. And I don't understand why people are upset that we're now doing this with a virus vaccine. You know, Ken, I am really anti-car and I still have a horse, which I keep. (laughs) The wife's really upset because I forgot to clean up after it last night. (laughs) And the the oats, you know, and the hay. It's a mess, right? We don't do that anymore. But yeah, I'm not getting in a car. I'm still on my horse. <laughs> you own that, that 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 newfangled technology just isn't for you. Not for me. I'm my horse and buggy. You know, like Doc Adams on uh, Gunsmoke. That's and most right. People don't know what that is, but it was a it was a show back in the uh, what in the 50s and 60s. It was a cowboy western with with James Arness. Yeah, Gunsmoke. They still run it on. We I still watch it in the afternoon sometimes on reruns. Yeah, the old guys. We like that kind yeah. of stuff. Good That's shows. But you like uh, so you're not gonna get so right exactly. You, you, you got in the car when the first uh, showed up. We 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 run in cars now and they're made by robots, not the way it started. Okay, so now we've improved the vaccine manufacturing process. I don't see anything wrong with that. Nothing at all. Nothing it's, scary about that at all to me anyway. It's the march of technology, and uh, is all technology good? No, not necessarily. You know, we make mistakes, but. I would say after over a billion people have been vaccinated worldwide and we've had so few problems and incidents, I would say this is one extremely safe vaccine. Well, yeah, but there were seven kids that got myocarditis and they all got better. And seven and you you're you're talking hundreds of thousands of kids that have been vaccinated with the uh, with the vaccine. And this is the, the number seven. Yeah, I don't get it, but now maybe once all, the maybe once the FDA approves everything. Well, the FDA. Oh my God! If we wait for them, we'd be dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> you, know, uh, you shouldn't take the booster until we like, are. Once, we do, the FDA does seem to take longer than the Europeans in approving things. 
That's because of thalidomide. I've told you about that in the past. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. The thalidomide was a drug back in the 60s that uh, we were using temporarily for supporting women who were having spontaneous miscarriages uh, to see if it would help them hold on to their babies. And, you know, and actually it did a little bit, but the, the daughters of these mothers who took this thalidomide ended up with some, uh, some bad cancers in their genital system. So we stopped that and uh, we don't use thalidomide for that anymore. And that really created a national outrage and the FDA really tightened up and they changed the way they work and the rules and all that. Plus, remember, these are government employees. So, you know, they're not going to sit there. Well, maybe some of them will, but most of them are going to say, you know, I put in my eight hours, I'm going home. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the way it is. What are you going to do? Get your 25 years and get your pension. That's right. Yeah. So Johnson and Johnson's vaccine can, this is actually a virus, a live weakened virus, but it's not the COVID virus. It's a cold virus called an adenovirus. And what, what uh, Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca did is they, uh, they actually inserted the little piece of messenger RNA into the genetic material of these weakened adenoviruses. Uh, these viruses have been passed through monkeys for uh, generations, and so they can no longer in- infect humans. They don't recognize ourselves as as, uh, as a host. So, but now you got all these little adenoviruses that are putting these little spike proteins out on their capsules. And that is stimulating our immune system to make antibodies. So basically, the three big uh, the three big vaccines in the United States work the same way. They stimulate our immune system to make antibodies to the spike protein. That's it. That's it's just it. a new manufacturing technique. It's just a yeah. That's really just, it. You know, as we go from gas to electric engines, I mean, that's not necessarily new, but the batteries are new. That technology is new. Oh. We didn't have lithium-ion batteries back at the turn of the last century. Don't and be afraid. We're actually, uh, uh, you know, really discussed as being the way to go back in the 1900, early 1900s. But they couldn't figure out how to get a battery that would last long enough to get you from New York to Philadelphia. Yeah, so, I think the first car was electric. I know my first horse was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I had to operate that one manually. That was a little rocking horse I had when I was Oh, that's completely different, yes. <laughs> that's different. That's all different. You put the little coins in, and he rocks back and forth. So, uh, you know, you can get this vaccine now. Uh, the Pfizer is approved for people 12 years and older. The Moderna, 18 years and older. And the only reason the Moderna is 18 years and older is because they haven't presented their data to the FDA yet. It's exactly the same. Give me give me some slack. Cut me some slack here, guys. They got a little later start, so they're a little behind, I guess. Well, they're a smaller company, too. Hmm. You know, you're talking about Pfizer, Pfizer-BioNTech. That's got to be one of the big five drug companies in the world. You know, they probably have a trillion dollars or more in income a year. And Moderna is a startup company. They've only been around since, what, the early 2000s? Yeah. So, and they have pretty much focused on this mRNA technology. They're doing more things now. And the Johnson & Johnson is for 18 years older and up. Um, and again, these, these, uh, these caveats on these vaccines are because the data hasn't been presented to the FDA yet. And so they don't want to approve anything unless they got some data in hand. 
but they're the same. Come on. Um, I would say, though, if you are pregnant or if you are immunodepressed, I'd stick with the messenger RNA vaccines, and I wouldn't take the Johnson & Johnson, which is a live, weakened virus. Uh, small chance that, uh, that your immunologic system might not react well to that, and you might have uh, a, a, a little infection from it. But I don't know that for sure. Don't take that as gospel. That's just uh, supposition on the part of a, of a guy sitting here looking at this stuff for the past year and a half. I'll believe you, Doc. Yeah, and you know, if 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 you are pregnant, you need the vaccine. Yeah. Don't don't think that getting the vaccine is going to hurt the baby. You know, we've we've lost babies, we've lost babies with the second surge, uh, because the mothers become hypoxic. Their their oxygen levels drop as their lungs clog up with clots and. And mom do. can't breathe, baby can't breathe. So it's, it's right because the baby's dependent on the mother to get oxygen into her blood system, which is then transferred to the baby's system through the placenta. So the babies were, and we're yanking the babies out in a hurry now, you know, doing a cesarean section, and the moms die. And all uh, very sad. Yeah, and we saved the babies, but uh, guess what? There's no mom around. Yeah. And it all could have been prevented, probably could, 99% of the time, yeah be prevented and and you know one of the people at the table last night when we were having having our social hours she said she's not getting vaccinated she doesn't believe in it this doesn't have anything to do with belief <laughs> i mean this is science and uh you know these people will say well i have a religious objection to it can the physical and the metaphysical do not interact despite what people may think you cannot prove the metaphysical with the physical and you cannot influence the physical with the metaphysical other than to convince people to act emotionally. Well, I got a question for you, Doc. Now, sure. the Lord sent David to beat up Goliath. He could, the Lord could have swung his hand and taken Goliath out, could he not? Certainly, he's God. Yes. He sent Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. God certainly could have led the people out of Egypt if he wanted to, but he gave us Moses. Now, we have this emergency that's going to kill God knows how many people. He knows, but he's, maybe that's why he did this. He gave us the smart people who knew what to do to give us a vaccine to fight this particular beast. I know, and Ken, and he, and he gave us uh, Dr. Bill and Ken. To <laughs> More you than me. <laughs> through the vaccination and the treatment of the COVID virus. And, uh, you know, you can say, well, this is a culling of the herd. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, if yeah. you're not smart enough to get a vaccine, you may be cold. Yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, this is one way to cut down on the dumb genes, but... <laughs> not the best way, Doc. But, you know, not everybody who is refusing the vaccine is 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 uh, is ignorant or stupid. They're, they're just emotionally bound up by uh, the the hype that they're hearing or their fear of a new technology, like you said. I mean... Are you not going to get in an electric car and a, and a Tesla because you're you're afraid of the new technology? Are you still using an old crank can opener or do you use a newfangled electric can opener? I mean, this is just a new manufacturing technique. Ken, I don't use cans. I, I use ball, mason ball jars, and I put everything on myself. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I'll take some uh, some uh, uh, raspberries if you got a can full of that, a little jar full of that. All right. I'm sorry about that, folks. I didn't. I forgot to turn my phone down. Well, we got about four minutes left. Where do you want to go next, Doc? Well, I, w I wanted to tell you that 
you know, the Communist Party in China, they've now passed a law that if you say anything negative about the economy in China, you can be arrested. <laughs> you believe that? So they don't want any negative press about their economy. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, how also, can you believe? How can you invest in the country if you know that's going on? Well, you know, the. Uh, well, I don't see how that serves them. Well, you know, the big Japanese firm, SoftBank, they uh, they decided they're starting to pull their money out of China because they, they think that there's going to be, you know, a big collapse because of the way that the uh, Central Communist Party is handling the economy in China. It so, doesn't really build confidence when you tell your people that, or no, the world. If, yeah. if they want the yuan to be the world currency, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to act differently or people are not going to go with it. Yeah, you got to be wide open, man. You really do. So. Now, i got to tell you this. U.S. troops are lingering in Pakistan at one of the Air Force bases. They were, uh, they were evacuated there. Uh, this was just a, a couple of days ago, September 3rd. This was from uh, Asian Times. So apparently there are some troops still in Pakistan that have been evacuated from Afghanistan. And the other thing, Ken, is the pilots that, that were trained, the Afghani pilots by us yeah. for the helicopters and the jets, they escaped into uh Tajikistan, or I think it's Tajikistan, the country that's just north of Afghanistan. They take helicopters with them? Uh, they should have, but yeah. and now the, the people in Tajikistan are saying, well, you can't stay here forever, and they're scared to death that they're going to be sent back to Afghanistan. So we need to press our government to rescue these guys who we trained, because, you know, they'll hang them, they'll shoot them, they'll burn them. Absolutely. Uh, and so we got to do something here, Ken. This is just out of control. I don't know what 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 to tell the world. Can't leave. Can't leave those folks out to just to no, hang there. Yeah. And the Taliban, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, they say they formed a government, but they haven't. We don't know. We don't know if they're if they're going to be taken over by. It's all PR. It's all PR with those guys. Yeah. Al and all kinds of uh, terrorist groups and. Uh, Oh, my God, how stupid we were. We had bases on both sides of Iran. We had bases within 100 miles, 200 miles, uh, 300 miles of, of China, of, uh, you know, 500 miles, 400 miles of, of Russia. I mean, we were so strategically placed by being in Afghanistan and Iraq, and we could have stayed there, and we could have helped those people to— become a, a, a first world country like we did in other areas and and this crap about oh they're still they're just too tribal well you know what you can evolve you know? yeah that's true yeah if you want to absolutely and you know once once you get exposed to yeah you know, it's it's the old saying once they've been to gay Perry it's hard to get them back down on the farm <laughs> exactly you can't put the genie back so, in the box yeah, I mean, you know, so if you, if you find out you don't have to wear a burqa and you can go to school and have a glass of wine, uh, let's see, go go home back to your parents and get beaten, wear a burqa, and, and there's no liquor. Well, that's not going to work, dude. All right, well, give me a call, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Come do some telemedicine. Let's get vaccinated. I've got the vaccine. And we'll set everything up as soon as possible, Ken. I'll see you next week, buddy.
Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.